Podcast Answer Man, episode number 371. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content-creating world that we live in, or if you've been creating online content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and taking things to the next level sometimes means going crazy overboard, trying to do too many things all at once, but you love it anyway. (laughs) I'll get to all of that and try to explain to you what I'm talking about a little bit later into this episode. In fact, let me just take a look at my outline and share with you what we're going to have in this episode, this 371st episode of podcast answer man we're going to be have we're going to have a social media segment with my great friend and social media cor- media correspondent Eric J Fisher we're going to talk about using Instagram hashtags to gain even greater uh, visibility for your brand so we'll uh, talk a little bit about that Jared uh, sent in a question and wants to know how I balance my business life and my faith life, or or my my faith. Anyway, I, I've got his audio question so that we can address that. And I know a lot of people brought up this topic when I was at the podcast movement. And so uh, when I had the question come up over and over and over again, I said, "Hey, just wait until the next episode of Podcast Answer Man, because I'm actually going to do an entire segment on uh, my thoughts on sharing your faith through your business and all of this other stuff." So I'm going to address that in this uh, episode today. Also, I'm going to talk about a great announcement dropped on us by Dropbox and uh, how excited I am about it and what I'm going to do as a result of this big, huge announcement from Dropbox earlier uh, this week or actually yesterday. I'm also going to talk about a live streaming event that I did recorded live for the internet for video and why I did that last week, a live Q&A where you can find that video if you're interested in find in listening or viewing it. It's actually watching it because, or I guess you could listen to it. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about how that led to me purchasing a brand new HD video recorder to replace the one I already had and what that actually has led to as a result. And uh, there's a couple other things that are on my outline for today. It's a very ambitious outline for today's episode. So uh, I'm pretty sure I can get to everything that I've told you about, and there could be more. How's that? Let's kick things off right uh, by bringing in my great friend and social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher, who has been standing by and has to be out of here by 3 o'clock this afternoon. So, Eric, how are you doing today, my friend? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm not doing too much. Maybe I am, because i got to be out, so... Yeah. So, hey, we're going to talk about increasing our visibility Using Instagram, tell me uh, real quickly, Instagram, for folks that don't know this, give them just a brief overview of what Instagram is and uh, how are we going to use it to ex- to extend our exposure out into the world? It's a Instagram is a square photo taking filter, filtered photo taking uh, mobile app that was bought by Facebook, is owned by them. And how you can do better by getting visible your your pics on Instagram, you can use hashtags. You can ha- use hashtags to get higher visibility on those photos that you're taking. Now, some people they're not looking to do that, but some of us are. Okay, so obviously, uh, so basically, Instagram has been around for a long time. I, I think most people probably do know what it is, but if you haven't signed up for an account with Instagram, and you are looking to extend your exposure and and get you know known by more people about what you stand for what your message is or just to uh, g- just gain an overall more exposure of awareness of who you are 
and what you have to offer, then I encourage you to sign up for Instagram. It's a great way to share photos. Share When it comes to Twitter and Facebook, the most common or the most popular things that I share are photos. When I share a photo or a video, and by the way, Instagram will also do video. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. If I post those to Twitter or Facebook, that usually gets the most engagement. People actually take notice. They stop and say, hmm, wonder what this is. And so it's very popular. If you haven't already signed up for Instagram, I current I do encourage you to do so. And I encourage you to hook it up with as many services that you can actually share out to, which I currently set, send mine to a Tumblr blog. I don't ever use really Tumblr except to actually send Instagram <laughs> photos to it. And I share it to Twitter and Facebook. And if it's a picture that I think I want to keep, you know, out there uh, for, you know, my family to kind of view on a screen uh, what do you, a screensaver that pulls up on our HDTV and stuff like that. I will also share it out to Flickr. So anyway, uh, we've talked about hashtags in the past. Hashtags are basically you put a little pound sign and a word or maybe a phrase after the hashtag or the pound sign. And what that does is um, it allows people to kind of tag it or um, categorize your content or your photo or your your status update. So for example, when we were at the Podcast Movement Conference, the Podcast Movement 2014 conference, everybody there was using the hashtag PM14. And so if you were to go to Twitter and do a search for pound PM, PM14, you'll see tons of tweets, literally thousands if not tens of thousands of tweets related to Podcast Movement. If you do the same thing on Facebook and do a search for hashtag PM14, you'll find lots of stuff. If you do a search, can you, by the way, can you do a search on Instagram for a hashtag? Yes, you can. So again, go to Instagram, do a search for hashtag or pound PM14, and you will see all the things that have been associated with that hashtag. So Eric, how, so we, we know what hashtags are. Tell me, how is it going to help us get more exposure than just well, what I mean? How is it going to give us more exposure than if we didn't use the hashtag? Because of the nature of a hashtag is, you know, for example, when I was on my way to uh, PodCamp, or geez, I, I have messed that up so many times, podcast movement uh, on my travels, I knew there would be people who would be tagging their photos PM 14 in Instagram. And so what I did was I opened up Instagram as I was, you know, on the flights and whatever, and I would hit that little spark thing down at the the lower left next to the middle camera button. And then right there, it brings up explore and you, it says search users and hashtags. So I immediately typed it. I selected hashtags and I hit pound PM 14. And you can do this too, by the way, even if you weren't there and you have Instagram installed. And for that matter, you can actually go to Instagram.com on the web and type in a hashtag and search on the web. You don't have to use a mobile device to look to see what's posted on Instagram. That's one of the beauty, the you know, the beauties of Instagram being you know on the web. I wish they'd make it so you could upload, but that's a whole other story. So I can see right now 730 or 743 posts on Instagram with that hashtag. With PM14. Yeah. So basically, all the people who had posted things and used the hashtag, those will all uh, show in your explore search on Instagram. Now, that so basically, all the, and you're seeing those, how many photos did you say? 743. 743. Now, of those 743, I would imagine that if you were just looking at your, the, the people that you follow, your stream in Instagram, you probably would have seen about 100 or so of those photos from people that you follow that were also there. And because you follow them, their pictures would have shown up in your stream no matter what. However, what's going on is you're when you do the search for the hashtag, you're also getting hundreds of other tweet or hundreds hundreds of other images that you would have never seen because you don't follow those people, but because those people did hashtag PM14 they it, it gained new exposure for them. You are now exposed to them, their brand, th- their person, whatever. So, for example, you may have found somebody who took an image of you 
at podcast movement. And it happens to be an image that's like, wow, that is, that's an awesome image. So great that I would probably use that as my, you know, my Twitter biopic or something <laughs> like that. And so you might reach out to that person. And as a result of reaching out to that person, you find out that this person's a professional photographer. And, and the next thing you know, um, you know, it's, it's time for your sister's wedding and, and she's looking for a photographer. And you say, I want to introduce you to this person. that's just a really far-fetched idea of something that could happen as a result of that person simply using the hashtag PM14 at a conference. And that's just that one instance that, I mean, it's especially useful for conferences, but some of the other, you know, in other words, one of the things that you want to do is hashtags are meant, well, they're meant to, at least in my mind, group, it's almost like metadata. You group different pieces of content together by a theme or a thread or some, some connective digital tissue, in other words. And by using the ha- a conference hashtag, then all the attendees and even those that aren't there can then follow along from, from home, uh, sometimes having to mute that hashtag if they really wanted to be there. I've done that. And, <laughs> um, but there are lots of other different hashtags to pick. Like, so, for example, let's, let's keep going on podcast movement we were also in Texas. So okay. the hashtag Texas is one. Okay. There's the hashtag Dallas because that's also where we were. Yep. Uh, there's the hashtag of the the activity or activities or people we were with. So podcast or podcasting or podcaster would all be acceptable. Okay, so so basically, this is going to help us gain exposure by adding additional hashtags that are relevant to the photo that we're sharing or this mini video that we're sharing on Instagram. Um, if we use, for example, the ha- let's just say, Eric, you used the hashtag Dallas. And as a result of that, people who are on Instagram who may just happen to be doing a search for Dallas, or by the way, if you're sharing these hashtags in your status update on Instagram and you're also sharing them to Facebook and and Twitter, those hashtags carry over into those services as well. So now just because you actually took a photo while you were in Dallas and used PM14 as a hashtag and the Dallas hashtag and whatever other relevant hashtags you've done, now somebody who is in in on Twitter doing a search for hashtag Dallas, now all of a sudden you pull up on their screen. And and so now they're they're now they're actually aware of a conference that's being held in Dallas. And they say, oh, well, I know where they're at. They're at the Weston Galleria, you know, and maybe I should, you know, what's this PM14? That picture looks amazing. looks like there's some real activity going on there that might interest me. And they may look up this, the you know, some information and decide, you know what? Wow. That Let's just say you did that on the opening, you know, the, the opening night. So Friday night when people are registering. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I live in Dallas and I was looking for something to do in Dallas this weekend. I'm going over and see if I can walk in and register for this podcast movement, whatever this thing is, down <laughs> at the Westin. And now all of a sudden, because you did that, you introduced a local Dallas person to something that they never would have maybe been introduced before. And they may even track you down and stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> they may actually track you down and, and say, hey, I want to thank you for putting this hashtag out there. And as a result of that, I saw it on Twitter and that's how, why I'm here. What is this podcasting thing? And you might actually be able to introduce them to the world of podcasting as a result. Yeah. Two other factors that kind of stem off of that is the you mentioned how hashtags then become transferable if you share out from Instagram to Twitter or to uh, Facebook, etc., and what's great is there are people there are there are large groups of people who especially in you know cities and and around based on you know podcast and other things that they are looking for um, people doing interesting things in their area you know uh, you know what you call it <laughs> the uh, chamber of commerce different things like that they're looking for those kinds of things and so what's great is is that by using those hashtags you're you're sending it out further and farther. In fact, um, I used a, a, a hashtag uh, people. <laughs> I took a picture in the, uh, at the airport, the Dallas airport, and there was, it was one of those clothing stores, but the, the mannequins had heads of a cow and a bull. And so <laughs> I took a picture, I shared it out. I said, man, people in hashtag Texas are bullheaded <laughs> as nice. a joke. 
You know, it's really cool. It's a cool shot. But because I tagged it, hashtag Texas, it got a bunch more likes because people were looking at that hashtag. And so it just so happened to get more likes. So the same thing can happen on Twitter or Facebook, for example, of people liking or sharing or retweeting for that matter. So that hashtag, it, people are looking for that. So, so in other words, you not you've got you you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said relevant. Uh, it needs to be a few finely tuned, you know, almost like keywords, and they need to be relevant. You cannot do you know you can't over spam. Well, over spam. You can't abuse or share over share well, you, and spam people with these hashtags, you, or it's not going to work. You can, but you'll annoy people. And so then, so then the gain that you gained will be lost. Exactly. Well, Eric, this sounds pretty interesting. I, I hope that some folks who have been out there creating all the, you know, here's the deal. I, I know all about hashtags and for whatever reason, I just don't think to include them enough. Um, it, I was at the event and I did use PM 14, but I really hadn't thought about expanding that out to some other relevant things that people might be searching for where those people may be the people who I hope to reach with, you know, who I am and my message and what I have to offer with the world uh, to the world. So I'm thankful that we've had this conversation today and who knows, there may be, maybe not overboard, but there may be a few more hashtags and future status updates than there have been previously. Yeah. Use them wisely. Use them wisely. Eric, thank you so much for my friend. I'll let you go and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. All right, folks, we are going to mute the Skype channel here. And I do have several other things I want to share with you in this week's episode. Uh, The next topic I want to get to is one that has come up quite a bit. It is the faith question. And Jared actually originally sent this to me as an email. And I had asked him, I said, Jared, would you mind uh, saying this with your own voice so that I can actually hear how you're you're speaking this, play it for my audience, and then I'll respond to it because this is a topic that comes up over and over again. They say, Cliff, I listen to your content, you know, and I'm just so excited about the fact that, you know, I found out that you're a Christian, that you just seem to have this way about sharing who you are and what you believe, and and it doesn't seem like it's overpowering in any way and, and stuff like that. And to be honest with you guys, I don't think about this. I don't think about sharing my faith. And and I'll get a little bit more into detail about my thoughts on sharing my faith, if you will. And more specifically, my thoughts on balancing my business life and my faith life. And, uh, and my thoughts on even that statement right after I play Jared's question here. Hi, Cliff. I was wondering how you balance your business life and your your faith and your spiritual life. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and I've also, uh, just like you, have a, a background in ministry, being a youth pastor and associate pastor, um, amongst other responsibilities. And so my question is, now that I'm in the entrepreneurial world, and I've got a bunch of uh, new friends and acquaintances and and you know business partners and stuff like that and I want to share my faith but at the same time I don't want to go in and you know ruin any relationships because I go in too strong you know just kind of like too preachy or whatever um, I've, I've obviously taken time to build relationships so how do I leverage that to then be able to introduce my faith um, with personal witnessing and and sharing the gospel um, so yeah, I was just kind of curious of how you've managed that and if you had any uh, tips or pointers for me. Thank you. Jared, I do. Thank you for that question. Thank you for being willing to to call that in for me. It, it, it really did help to hear it from your voice and, and to hear how you uh, worded those things. So first and foremost, let me first address your first statement in your question. How do you balance your business life and your faith? You know, your faith life, your your faith. And the first thing that I will tell you is, is that for me, I do not see any distinction between the two. Um, I see that as a person of faith, 
that I am, and and by the way, I'm not trying, I, if, for those of you who don't like the faith angle stuff, you know that I don't make it a point to make this a topic of, of regular episodes of Podcast Answer Man by any stretch of the imagination. But for today, because this question has come up, I am going to be talking about who I am and my faith. But I am a person who believes in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he came and died for me, and as a result of that, I have eternal life, through him, I have a relationship with God the Father and that they, God had created the world and all of this other stuff. I believe all of those things. That is, that is who I am. And one of the things that I, I feel strongly about is that as a person of faith, as a person who believes in Jesus, as a follower, of Jesus, that is my identity. That, that that when I became a believer, I actually took that on as my new identity in life, as my calling in life. And from that point forward, my faith, I believe, and and through my relationship, and and this didn't happen like overnight. It didn't even happen over months. It it happened through years of of learning. Uh, more and more about my relationship with God and learning more about my relationship with Jesus and and through the whole power of the Holy Spirit and all this other stuff, um, I have come to the place where I understand that my faith dictates how I live out my personal life. My faith is what instructs or or uh, leads me to take certain actions as a husband, as a father. As a as a friend, as a as a son, as a a cousin, uh, as a next door neighbor, um, and also as a business owner. So I do not see, you know, there's my business life and there's my faith life. You know, they're, they're the they are. I am a follower of Jesus, and therefore, as a follower of Jesus, that is my that is my main identity. And I happen to be a business owner who happens to be a follower of Jesus. So that for me is how I think about this. There, everything that I do, and by the way, am I a perfect, one of those perfect people that, that never, uh, if you, if you want to use these words, if I never sin, um, you know, no, I am not perfect. And I have never claimed to be the perfect poster child for what it means to to be in the center of God's will. No, what I will tell you is that I am a perfect example of somebody who is saved by the grace of God, and although I make all kinds of mistakes, more mistakes than I ever want to even live up to, um, no matter what, I understand that I am still a child loved by God and that I am accepted by him through the the gift of of grace and salvation that I've received through Jesus. So that for me is who I am, and that's what allows me to be who I am um, in all areas of my life, in my business and in my family. And by the way, there are times when I do things that just absolutely are not according to the things that I know God would want for me. I'll never forget the time that. Uh, my next door neighbor at the old neighborhood that what we used to live at before we moved into our new home here, I'll never forget the time that my next door neighbor said that my daughter had done something, and 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 he, and she said that she didn't do it, and he said some things that were very negative about her. Now maybe my daughter did do or say those things, but what he did is he had he actually called her some names. And as a result of that, I got riled up, and I will tell you, at the time, I was not the type of person who would ever raise my voice to somebody. I was not the type of person who would ever speak a curse word. But for about 15 minutes straight, until I finally lost my voice, I cursed this guy out with every inflammatory language you could possibly imagine, and I did it in front of my entire neighborhood, and I was a horrible witness of of what you know of of how i believe god's called me to treat my neighbors even when they've actually said something that provoked me uh about my daughter and so you know that that ate me up you know knowing that i allowed that to happen and the reality is is that i let that go 
unchecked for years. And it was about, we had, Stephanie and I had already moved out of our old house. We had just moved into this new house, but we had been going back and forth to the old house to kind of bring some things over. And one day I saw my next door neighbor and I walked over at him and I said, hey, I have to apologize to you. About three years ago, I'm sure that you still recall the fact that I just laid into you and, you know, you said, I, I said some things to you, uh, you said some things to me, and the reality is, is that I was just flat out wrong. I was very upset, and I asked you, please forgive me. I let that go for years. I shouldn't have let, let that happen. I shouldn't have allowed myself to do it in the first place, but the reality is, is how do I actually how do I balance my being a neighbor life <laughs> and my faith life? I don't. It, 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 I am a person of faith, and even though as a person of faith, I did something ridiculously stupid and allow it to fester in the background for years, I still, over time, finally allowed my faith to, to speak to me about how I should now carry that out. It's like, hey, there's not much more time or maybe not going to be as many opportunities for you to make that relationship right. And so I felt led to go over and make sure to to apologize to my neighbor. And and so that's how I do things. Now, when it comes to my my business, how I treat my customers, how, you know, if if all of a sudden somebody says, "Hey Cliff, you know, I purchased your tutorial and I got this this this, but I was really hoping this." You know, it, how how do I handle that? Well, I handle that the way that I would want it handled for me. I try the the I do the things that I feel led to do, and my faith oftentimes overrides my social obligation. So I oftentimes go way above and beyond what the norm is. But I don't do it to impress people or anything. It's just because these are the things that I feel called to do in my life. The way that I I feel called to lead. Uh, to lead people uh, based upon my experience. I feel it's a calling in my life. The way that I serve people, uh, you know, beyond what is necessary typically uh, is is something that I just feel led to do in my life. And so there is no balance. Uh, there is no balance between my faith life and my business life. I am a product of my relationship with God and that dictates everything that I do in life. Business, personal, uh, every, everything. And, and if you're looking for that to be a perfect example of what God desires, my friends, I'm glad that God doesn't look at me with those eyes because I could not live up to it. And that is why I am so thankful for the faith that I have. And, and that allows me to continue to take everything in my life to the next level in spite of the fact that I don't necessarily have everything in order uh, you know, in my past, all worked out and fixed and 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 tidied up. I I can continue to press on, knowing that grace is extended to me, which of course then allows me to extend a greater deal of grace to other people. So all of that is my my response to your first statement of how do I balance my business life and my faith? I don't, I don't. There there is no difference. Um, my, so yeah, there, that's, I, I think I've, I've talked that one out. All right. So the next one is now you said that now that I'm on in this entrepreneurial world, I have a lot of new friends, you have new acquaintances and you have business partners and all this stuff. All right. That's wonderful. You're absolutely right. You're outside of this official ministry that you were once in. Um, now you're, you're interacting with a lot of people, a lot more people that are maybe if we want to use the term unchurched, non-Christian, um, whatever you want to, you know, throw as a title there. I kind of try to chuck all the titles out the windows because I think they're all trash. But anyway, that's my own personal feelings on that. But here's the thing. You said, and I want to share my faith. All right. I want to share my faith. Well, I, I will. And, and let me, before I go into this, because I'm going to go pretty deep into this, this thought. But the, the next thing is, but I don't want to ruin the relationships by going in too strong, too preachy. Well, I can tell you right now, don't ruin any relationships. It's, it's not worth it. Uh, don't ruin relationships. Don't go in strong. Don't go in preachy. 
Um, and and I, I think I can wrap this up in a little bit. I'm going to kind of just leave some things untied here. Uh, we're just going to unpack this a little bit further. But man, there was something that you said that reminds me a lot of how I used to be. So I, I grew up in this thing called the evangelical church where I was taught to witness to people and share my faith and 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 try to win souls for God. And uh, I've, I've had a lot of mind shift change as I've, I've as I've um, moved forward in my life. And so I, I will share a little bit of that as well. But here's the thing. This is the word that the words that kind of scare me because I, again, I was there. You said, I've built some great relationships. So now I need to know, now that I've put in all the hard work, how do I leverage that so that now I can introduce my faith with per- personal witnessing and sharing the gospel. So what I hear is I have invested in these relationships and now it's time for me to get a return on that investment. I've invested in these relationships, now I'm looking for something to get back. And I just don't like that approach. Um, I, I used to be very into this approach, but it all started to change for me, gosh, about 13 years ago, maybe even more, I can't remember, but it was at the Catalyst Conference. And the Catalyst Conference had this guy named Donald Miller who had just at the time just released this book called Blue Like Jazz. And Donald Miller spoke at that conference and his words cut me deep. He he shared a couple things. He shared 10 things that he learned as a result of writing this book. And I don't even remember what all 10 of them are. I know that three or four of them touched me deeply. And I don't know if I'm even going to be able to recall all of those three or four here. But let me tell you, the first one was that other people exist. You know, that they have their own lives, they have their own stories, they have their own journeys, and all of this stuff, and that these people are not just puppets on our stage of life. You know, these are not just extras in our life. These are people who are created by God just like we are, who are on a journey just like we are. All right, so just knowing that other people exist outside of when we're interacting with them is is huge. Now, you probably already got that one down for some crazy reason, that was a huge revelation to me. And I know it shouldn't have been, but man, I used to be a very self-centered person. And oftentimes, I still am. All right? Often, in fact, today, earlier, Stephanie and I were driving and and uh, we were in this lane that um, it, there was an intersection before we had to turn left. And and the one lane had uh, a place where you could turn left on to get onto the expressway. And then you go on further. If you went through this light, uh, even though it might be, you know, you can't turn left because there's all the traffic coming the other way. Um you could stay in this lane and go straight all the way through and then turn left at your intersection. Well, somebody was in front of me and all of a sudden they needed to stop to get on the expressway. Whereas, man, if they weren't in my way, (laughs) I could have easily just gone breezing right through. I wouldn't have to actually lose about 7.3 seconds of my life standing behind this guy who was waiting to turn. Why are you in my lane? And I know that's ridiculous, but I realize that sometimes I still feel like, hmm, that person is just an extra in my life. But the reality is that person who was in front of me for that amount, those seconds, that is a human being who's living their own journey, their own life, and and that I need to be respectful to them as as I desire people to be respectful of me and, and, and my going about through life. So uh, that's ridiculous. I know that that means nothing to the conversation here, but there are two other things Number the the second thing is is you know we talk about we want to share our faith with people we you know we we do want people to know about the gospel which is this thing we call the good news you know the 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 revelation of what God has done for us and what relationship is available uh, to us if we turn to Him this is great news and we do want people to know about it. However, there are two things that there are two other things that Donald Miller shared. Number one, he said this. He says, people will never listen to you. They will never care about anything you know or anything you say until they know for a fact that you like them. That's number two. So number one is that they exist. Number two is people will never care. People will never listen. They could care less about how much you know 
or what you say. They will never care until they know for a fact that you like them. And we're not talking about you love them. Oh, God, you know, I, I can love them, but I don't have to like them. No, this is, you know, people will never, ever listen to what you know or what you say unless they know for a fact that you like them. When they know, when they can sense that you genuinely do care about them, then all of a sudden that's when they come to know, like, and trust you and they're open to hear the things you might want to say. All right? So that's that's the, that all of a sudden that opened me up. It's like, wow. It's like, I, I've been trying to reach a lot of people that I don't like. Uh, and and boy, I would like them if they would live my way. And by the way, that introduces us to the third thing that Donald Miller um, shared in his talk. And he says, you know, oftentimes Christians will only create relationships with people who validate their own beliefs. And this is wrong. He says what he found through his study was that oftentimes Christians would only establish meaningful relationships with people who would ultimately, in by the end, or you know, as a means to an end, will ultimately come to a place where they validate their that their own beliefs. And this was the clincher for me. What I realized is that that was absolutely true of me. I could not at that time think of a single relationship that I had where the person I was in a relationship with that I called friend, the per- that any person that I liked at that time, every single person that I liked or called friend validated what I what my worldview was, what my faith was. These people all agreed with me. And the people who are, I was building relationships with the only people I was actively investing in relationships with were people who I thought I could convince or win over to my worldview. And if I ever felt like winning them over to what I believe about God and winning them over about eternity and the gospel or whatever, I realized right then and then when Donald Miller was saying those words, I realized that I had oftentimes decided there were some, at some point I decided there's probably almost no chance that I'm going to be able to do anything to get this person to validate my worldview, my faith. And as a result of that, I'm done investing here because I'm not going to get a return on this investment. It's not worth it. Those, my friends, were very damning words to my heart and my soul as I realized just how off the mark I was when it came to what I felt God calling me to do and to be in this world. And so, you know, the one thing that I, I, actually there's a lot of things that I've learned since then as I've gone through and had these major things, you know, brought up to me. And the one thing, one of the things that I have, have come to understand is that for me, I understand that it is not my responsibility to win anyone over to Christ. I, I've it's not my responsibility. Um, I've read scripture in several places, and I'm convinced that it is the Holy Spirit who convicts the heart of man. It is the Holy Spirit who prompts that response from God. Now, do I believe that I am called to be a witness and to give testimony of of God's uh, grace working in my life? Absolutely, I do believe that. But oftentimes in the evangelical background that I had, I was oftentimes taught that witnessing was an aggressive action. It was something that I did to other people. In fact, I remember the time when I stayed in San Antonio, Texas with some friends during this Fiesta big, huge event that they had down there in San Antonio. I think it was called Fiesta. But anyway, it was a big festival. And um, this this couple that I was uh, staying with happened to be a part of the denomination that I was a part of as an associate pastor. And they invited me to stay in their home. They said, hey, there's this big event and we're going down to witness to people. All right, we're going down to actively, aggressively witness to people. We are going to hand out tracts and we're going to ask people, if you die tonight, where would you spend eternity? Do you want to know if you're going to heaven or hell? And we are going to try to convince them we were going to testify and witness to them 
and try to convince them, by the way, we don't like them. Matter of fact, these people, they only exist because they're in front of me. Um, I, I Now that I think of it, I, I, I don't think I could ever tell you even what any one individual person looked like. I probably talked to or witnessed to um, 50 or 60 people that night. I probably handed out that many tracks, and, and this is, you know, gosh, probably 16 years ago. I, I can't even remember I, if 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 you were to give me a a pic a high resolution photo of each one of those people exactly what they looked like at that day and time when I actually spoke to them today I would not be able to recognize them I would not for a second be able to tell you yeah I've seen this person before because at that time all I was concerned about was can I get you to do something can I get you to validate my worldview can I get you can I convince you to do something and. And, and that is what oftentimes I had been taught that witnessing was. But then, you know, I, I, I learned something through a lot of television, secular television. I, I, I watched The Good Wife. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of The Good Wife. Do you watch The Good Wife? I love The Good Wife. Stephanie and I watch The Good Wife. Um, I used to watch Ally McBeal. I, I think I've seen every episode of Ally McBeal. Um, I, I was an Ally McBeal fan. Uh, the Practice, uh, I watched a couple episodes of The Practice, um, and then there was, yeah, anyway, but, so so I like a lot of legal shows, and one of the things that I notice is that witnesses are pretty much limited in a, in a court hearing to answering questions and only sharing the things that they've experienced. They can't add their own words. They, they can't add their own thoughts and stuff like that and try to convince a jury. All they're there to do is to give a testimony, to witness to what they saw, what they experienced, what, the, what facts they're aware of. And oftentimes a witness is put on a stand and, and it's in a way that you're giving questions to. And so when I think about witnessing and, te- and giving testimony, I think of it in in the what I'm called to do is is actually making sure that number one that I'm actually living out a life that I can actually say I can give you some expert testimony on a relationship with God because I experience it on a daily basis. I have a relationship. I live this faith and I see God doing things in my life and as a result of that I can answer questions if I'm asked. Now I looked this up on on Wikipedia, and and uh, the name Saint Francis of Assisi is probably uh, a a name that many people have heard of. There is a phrase or a quote that is often attributed to him, although Wikipedia seems to say that that it is often disputed whether or not he ever said these th- these words. But anyway, regardless of who said it, here's the phrase that oftentimes I think really clears up in my heart about this idea of sharing faith and living out your faith through your business pursuits and all of that other stuff. And that phrase, that quote is, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And and in my mind, it's oftentimes, you know what, I, I, I'm almost to the place where I don't want to introduce the com- God into the conversation. I don't want to introduce the words into the conversation. I don't want to inject those unless I really feel some sort of inner prompting. And, and that that does not happen as nearly as much as I thought it happened uh, because I think a lot of that was manufactured by expectations of, of the leadership and the things we should be doing. Uh, but uh, oftentimes you can be sensitive to the, the prompting of the spirit and you may feel led to actually introduce something. But Gosh, that it is so much more inside of a relationship or in a certain circumstance that it's just an absolute, you know that this is the right thing to do or say at this very moment in time. But most of the times, I would rather just not introduce the God conversation and allow that to happen naturally and and actually to not even want to decide to not even want to convert people so let me share a couple things that back up my feelings and my thoughts on this so first of all um there is first peter three fifteen and 16 it says this it says but in your hearts revere christ as lord so number one 
first and foremost, I, I, I feel called to make sure that I revere Christ as Lord, that he is the authority in my life, and that I am doing, I am, I am living out the life for which God has created me to do. I, I, my goal in life to revere Christ as Lord for me is to spend every day of my life trying to be the fullest expression of all that God's created me to be. By the way, that has nothing to do with living holy or being perfect. I believe that that revering Christ as Lord in my life means that I am on a daily basis every day when I'm awake when I wake up and all as throughout my entire day am I work walking closer to the fullest expression of being all that God created me to be. That for me is revering Christ as Lord. So but in my heart do that. And then it, in in 1 Peter 3:15 it says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always, and, and here's the thing, it doesn't say, and always be prepared with the words to inject into any conversation that you could possibly do so that you can tell them all about the gospel. No, it doesn't. It says always, you know, first of all, live a life that shows the world that you revere Christ as Lord. Live that out. If you do, watch out because people are going to start asking you questions. People are going to ask you questions like, gosh, Cliff, I noticed that you just suffered this huge setback and this, and you still have this positive attitude. How is that? And I've witnessed this in your life over the last several years, and you consistently have this positive attitude in spite of all the things and all the trials and all the things that you've went through. What is it about you that's so different? And I can, and it's like, well, I would probably say that it's my faith in God and knowing that he's got everything wrapped up and for, and it's all going to work out and it's all going to work together for the good and, and stuff like that. And then I, I, and I, it's like, I let them decide whether or not they drop the conversation or if they say, well, I'd like to go deeper into this. So tell me a little bit more about, I let them, I, I believe that God's called me to live my life that clearly demonstrates that I revere Christ as Lord and that I should Always be prepared to give everyone an answer, who to, to give everyone who asks the reason for the hope that I have. So am I living a life that demonstrates that I have hope? And if so, I should always be prepared to give that reason when people ask. That's how I do it. And 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 he goes, but listen. If people ask, do the, he says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. All right, but it, let let's just focus on, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Here's the deal: don't invest in relationships so that you can leverage them to do something. What we call that and what non-Christians call that is you've got an agenda. You, I'm a project that needs to be fit. You know, I'm, I'm a project that you're working on. I am, I am a problem that you see in your life that needs to be fixed. I am on your to-do list. I am a task on your to-do list. This, my friends, does not win people over to Christ. I've tried it many years and oftentimes <laughs> it, it had some difficult relationships as a relate as a as a um as a well you know <laughs> as a result that I'm looking for the word result anyway so this for me this is why I do not go around thinking how can I introduce God into episode number three hundred seventy one. Why am I talking about my faith in this episode? And by the way, this, you know, in 371 episodes, I think this is the most I've ever mentioned my faith, ever. And I probably will, the next 370 episodes probably won't mention my faith much at all, except to if maybe refer people back to episode number 371. So I don't feel like I need to inject my faith everywhere I go. I'm hoping that my life is lived in such a way that it's just obvious that I am living a life filled with hope 
and that that hope is derived as the result of my revering Jesus as the authority of my life and the one who guides and 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 helps me get through both all of my successes and all of my failures and i have more failures in my life than i do successes i talk about my successes more but i do have failures in my life a lot but I am loved and I and and I have hope because I know those are not counted against me. That I am free and I will never again be enslaved to the bondage of slavery. It, it, it's just not going to happen. I, I am a free man. I can do anything and everything I want, but yet I know what is beneficial. And oftentimes I choose things that are not beneficial. And sometimes and almost always there's consequences. But even in all of that, I still have hope that I'm loved and that I'm cared for. And I just need to live a life that demonstrates that. And if you were to ask me, I'm supposed to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that I have. That And, and, and when you do so, if you do so, I should be doing that with gentleness and respect. Not out of arrogance, not out of pride, not out of that I'm right and you're wrong and I need to convince you and all of that other stuff. No, it's just that I need to understand that, man, uh, you know, I, I don't even to this day, I, I, I feel like I know more about my faith and, and my relationship with God than I've ever known before. And now I feel like I know less than I've ever known before because I don't know what I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm loved and that I have been given an extended grace. And as a result of that, I have hope and I revere Christ as Lord, which means for me, on a consistent basis, I'm always trying to fulfill the greatest fulfillment of who I've been created to be. That's that's what I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. That's how I do that in my business. I do that in the way that you send me an email. And if I hit reply, sometimes that reply may not have been the most grace-filled, the most loving reply to an email because maybe I was just stressed out by how overloaded I am and how crazy I've allowed my priorities to get out of whack and I've overcommitted myself to too many things and I'm behind and all of a sudden you send me an email and you say, can I do this? And I can't, and I might say to you, well, I'm unfortunately I can't do that. And you say, well, gosh, you must just only care about money. And then all of a sudden I might write you back three or four paragraphs of something that I just don't think you want to hear. But but the reality is, is the, the fact is, is that that's not right. But that doesn't mean that I'm not Christian and it's not doesn't mean that I'm any less of a witness. If anything, my gosh, if, if you're the recipient of some of my not so wise and most gracious and loving acts, uh, know this. I'm demonstrating for you. I'm witnessing to the fact that, gosh, God still loves me in spite of the fact that I'm a total sometimes. Yes, I said that word. Okay. <sighs> oh my gosh. Did a Christian just say that in a in a family podcast? He's never cussed before. My kids are in the back seat. My friends, I'm not perfect. I'm not. And 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 I did that just for a little bit of shock value and I probably shouldn't have. Will you forgive me? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, witness testimony. That that's my answer to that question. So there you go. Um, what my, my recommendation, oh, and by the way, my last thing that I will just say is this. Um, I no longer ever approach any relationship in the hopes that I will win them over to my worldview. I, just, I have completely annihilated that thought out of my mind. It's, it used to be a primary motivator for me in my relationships with the people that I build. Uh, the, the relationships I build with the people that I do life with. It, winning you over to the gospel, winning you over to eternal life, winning you over to Christianity, winning you over to my to, to, to the place where you will validate my world my worldview and my beliefs. That used to be a main motivator to me. Today, the, on a scale of one to 10, where is the motivation of winning you over in any relationship with any person I have? On a scale of one to 10, it is zero. It doesn't even register. It is not my responsibility to save anyone. I share the gospel by revering Christ as Lord, trying to fulfill all the greatest purpose that God's created me to be, to live a life that reveres him, to always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that I have to those who ask. That, my friend, is how I live out my faith in my business, in my marriage, 
in my live podcast streams, all this other stuff. That's how I do it. And now, my friends, I'm finished talking about faith <laughs> and a huge sigh of relief. And I probably will never cuss again in a podcast. I may even go back and bleep that out. <laughs> probably not. All right. So uh, let's see here. I have six, a little under six minutes left to share with you some other things. Um, last week, real quickly, I want to tell you that um, obviously I put in my keynote address, my keynote speech from Podcast Movement. And uh, thank you very much for all the positive um, comments and thoughts that I've received from you out there. I'm so glad that that was an inspirational message. And some of you who have been on the fence about podcasting uh, have really been encouraged to go ahead and get your message out there, knowing that, yes, you can change the world. You can make the better world a better place, whether it's a faith-based podcast, a television show-related podcast um, or if it's a business podcast or any other podcast out there, the fact is, is you have things, you have something in your heart to share with the world and I encourage you to do it and you never know just how much of a difference you're going to make in people's lives until you get out there and actually do it. So anyway, but uh, since I put that out last week, on Thursday during my live show broadcast, I did not record another episode of Podcast Answer Man. I wanted to make sure as many people downloaded that episode, episode 370 as possible, um, so, cause that was an important message for me to share with the world. And by the way, that was not intended to be a faith based message that was intended to be go out and make the world a better place. And here's four ways you can do it. All right. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter who you are. You have the ability to change the world and make the world a better place. Go and do it. Here's four ways. How I wanted that to get out. And so that's why I did not do a live record another episode. That's why I didn't do episode 371. But last week, I spent an hour and 15 minutes in front of my camera, in front of my live streaming audience, and I did record a live Q&A. So I, I basically did, you know, just talking with people. I actually looked at the camera the whole time, and um, I really had a, a, a good experience with that. Now, there is another reason why I did not do a Q and a, or a, a, a live episode and record it for Ustream and all that other stuff, not Ustream, but record it for YouTube and stuff. And that's because my camera was wonking out on me. Uh, I think wonking out is a technical term. But anyway, um, my for whatever reason, the battery wasn't charging and, and I took my camera to record my keynote. I had uh, my great friend Darcy, he, he tried to record my video for me, but my camera kept shutting off even though the power supply was plugged in and all of these things were happening. It was shutting down, shutting down, shutting down and um, it even did it a couple times during the live stream last week and so it was unreliable, uh, which by the way, since then, it stopped doing it. I took the battery out, um, hasn't done it since and, and I'm using my, and by the way, the camera that I've been using for the live stream is my Canon, uh, Canon HF Henry Frank G10 George 1.0. So HF G10 camera. That's what I've, I, I purchased this camera a long time ago to do HD video out on the road and stuff like that. It's perfect in low light. It is just below a prosumer camera, but it actually has a prosumer, prosumer 3C MOS sensor, blah, 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 all that other stuff. But anyway, it's an amazing camera. I absolutely love it. But the, the thing is, is it's never been valuable to me until I started doing this live streaming. So now that I have it going into the uh, the Blackmagic Intensity Extreme Thunderbolt uh, HDMI converter, uh, going from the camera live out into that, into my uh, Ustream broadcasting software, um, before I had that, I, this camera was pretty much useless to me because I hated the fact that it recorded onto the SD card in a format called AVCHD. And by the way, I'm getting some kind of buzzing noise right now. Anyway, we'll just ignore that, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to have to ignore it. Anyway, I just heard a buzzing noise start. Most of you probably won't hear it, but I, I'm, a, I'm a little sensitive to those kinds of things. Anyway, it recorded into AVC HD. And these HD files are huge anyway, and dragging and dropping them off of the SD card and putting them on my desktop, and then, you know, all the other, and then... 
what happened was I was, you know, I couldn't just upload them to YouTube and stuff like that. I had to convert them into a format that would allow me to upload them. Or if I wanted to edit them in any way, I had to actually convert those files. And however long the files were, that's almost as long as it took to convert them into a format that could be edited. And it just was such a hassle. I, I never really got around to it. So finally, I fell in love with my Canon HFG10 all over again when I started doing these live streams. Then last week, it started acting up on me. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm loving this live stream stuff, and I can't just have this thing going out randomly through my live shows. So I'm, I, and, and I have aspirations to do some big things with video. And so as a result of that, um, I did make the decision to go ahead and purchase a replacement camera. And I purchased the Canon HF. G30. So it's the it's just like two models newer than the one that I had already. So HFG30, which by the way you can find it at podcastanswerman.com/hfg30. It was 13.99 as I'm recording this, and there are two things I love about the replacement camera. The new HFG30 will record into H.264 MP4 video, which means that now straight off the SD card, I can upload right to YouTube. I can take it straight off the SD card and put it in my audio into my video editing software. No conversion required and it has radically changed everything. As a result, and by the way, since I got the new camera, the old camera, it works. I think I already said that. But anyway, but since I have the new camera, there's another feature that I didn't know that it had and that it has a full, real, uh, full-blown, um, hot shoe on the top of it and the camera basically now I can actually take my wireless uh, my wireless lapel mic receiver and put that on top of the camera instead of having all these other hot shoe adapters and all that other stuff. I know I'm, I'm geeking out over this stuff but I'm really excited about the fact that I got this Canon HFG30 camera. I'm really excited about the fact that my G10 is actually working again without the battery in it but just leaving the power adapter and, and, and I'm still going to use that for my live stream. But I'm going to be using this G30 everywhere I go now. A lot. And... You can ask the people who are on my warm follow-up list for my podcasting A to Z course. They they will tell you. I recorded a personalized video for all of them and sent them to them. And they were all blown away by it, which was awesome. And not only that, but I recently updated my tutorial for the Roland Recorder. Finally got around to uh, recording the Roland Digital Audio Recorder using the Roland R-05 Recorder. And by the way, for any of you who have ever purchased my Roland Digital Audio Recorder tutorial, if you have ever purchased that, use the same link, the same password, and you will have you will see that the brand new tutorial, the brand new version of that tutorial using the Roland R-05 is there. So you don't have to pay anything extra to get that. If you if you purchase that because you have a Roland R-05 recorder, I did have the tutorial teaching you how to use that recorder using the R09HR, which was the previous version. And it was almost identical, but there were a couple different there are a couple new buttons on there that basically I tell everybody to ignore. And there are a couple menu items that were new in the in the R05 that I pretty much tell everybody to ignore. And that was all written on the sales page or on the uh, product page. But now there's no need to explain to people how the R05 is different from the R09 because now there is a gorgeous looking, absolutely awesome looking, stunning HD video of the Roland R-05 digital audio tutorial. And if you guys have an R-05 and you want to learn how to use it, are you thinking about getting a Roland R-05 recorder? Uh, that's available on my products page at podcastanswerman.com slash products. All right. And then uh, let's see here. Deacon uh, Bradley asked me on Twitter last week. He says, hey, Cliff, your keynote was amazing. Was that just your Roland R-05 onboard microphones recording that? It sounds awesome, great atmosphere. And so Deacon Bradley, yes, uh, the the audio from episode number 370, the keynote address was 100% only using the built-in digital audio recorders built-in microphones. So um, yeah, I just had it sitting there on the front row and my good friend Daniel Lewis hit the record button when I started, he hit the stop button when I was done and everything you heard there just came from from no extra audio source other than the Roland recorder itself. 
All right. Um, yeah, you know what? The other stuff is going to wait until next week. So let me hit this music here. I'm going to turn this down and I will turn this up here. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. I'm already over an hour. I hate when I go over an hour. But anyway, I just want to just let you know that my final podcasting A to Z course is coming up on Monday, September 1st. That happens to be this Monday. And by the way, today I signed up my 20th student. So I always consider a course sold out at 20 students. But because this is my final session of podcasting A to Z for this year, not my final one ever, but my final session of podcasting A to Z this year, uh, that means there's going to be October, November, and December. That's three whole months without an A to Z course. That's weird for me. But uh, that's because I'm going to be doing some live events that I'll talk about in the upcoming weeks of this podcast. But anyway, um, this because it's the last one of this year, I am fully prepared to take up to 35 students. That means I could take 15 more students in this final session of Podcasting A to Z for 2014. Now, by the way, I just want to say for the record, for some of you who are on Facebook and you know what I'm talking about, you do not have to pay for my course to learn how to podcast. There are tons of free materials on the internet that will teach you how to podcast. In fact, you can start with learnhowtopodcast.com. That is a free tutorial. There is no email address required and you don't have to purchase anything else from me. Thousands of people have started a podcast as a result of that. Then there are other tutorials out there that probably even go into greater detail um, that I'm sure exist and you can find those out there Uh, Just Google how to start a podcast and you'll find tons of people providing free information about how to start a podcast. However, I just want to say I am very blessed to say that now 402 people, 402 people have signed up and registered and er, and will by the end of September have gone through podcasting A to Z. It has been a huge success and every single person who has ever been through podcasting a to z said it was worth every single penny by the end of the second or third week so and there are four weeks in the session in fact most of my most of the time i always look for at least four or five or six people who by the third day of the first week say this has already been more valuable than what i paid for it i always get that i always love that And my friends, it is more than just tutorials about teaching how to podcast. That stuff's all over the internet. But what I want to do is I want to help you think about podcasting in a whole new way. I want to think, I don't want to just help you with your podcast, but I want to help you with your mindset. I want to help you with what you can do with your podcast. I want to help you with your your business, if that's what you're going to pursue or your, your message and crafting it just right. I want to serve you for four weeks. And if you're interested, go over to podcastinga2z.com. Again, that's podcastinga2z.com. That's going to wrap it up, my friends. I will be back next week with another episode of Podcast Answer Man. Until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Helping you to get the It's a man.